Welcome to the Maddox Sessions, and today we will be discussing the past, present, and the future intersection of motherhood with our professional selves. I'm Jordan Graham, and I'm excited to be joined by Ivana Bartoletti, Technical Director of Privacy at Deloitte, and also the co-founder of Women Leading in AI Network, as well as being a first-time author with her book coming out later this year. And then just on top of that, being a mother. How are you, Ivana? <laughs> Surviving, I should say. Yes, fine. It's all good. At least it's sunny outside. And uh, um, yes, I'm fine. I'm really excited to be here with you today. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm really excited to be connected and obviously just go over sort of your experiences, insight um, of obviously balancing sort of motherhood, but also obviously being technical director at an organization as huge as Deloitte, which obviously has so many sort of roles and responsibilities. Um, and with everything that's sort of going on at the moment, um, I guess all of our futures and what we thought we wanted um, has completely changed. But I guess let's just take a step back, um, take it back to what what we used to know, um, which was what about two months ago now, um, how, you know, there's always that sort of conversation of work-life balance. How do you succeed in your career while still balancing everything at home, um, looking after your children, making sure that they're succeeding and still obviously delivering um, what is needed at work. So I guess before pre-COVID, um, the sweeter time we could say, um, yeah, what was your, I guess, initial experiences um, of obviously the intersection between your mother and your professional self? Thank you. Well, it's, it's not an easy question, is it? Because I think it's it's always, um, I think society does impose a lot on us as women. Um, yeah. It's really, um, it's really complicated at times. Um, and I would say perhaps the first thing that I've learned, and I learned it quite quickly, is it doesn't, you know, you don't have to be perfect. It's absolutely fine not to be. It's actually quite fun not to be. <laughs> and um, and it's it's really important to really um, like keep going and um, and forget the sort of the perfection the society always wants us to reach um, because of the publicity the, the adverts that we see that we have to be perfect at all times as employees as as as, as mothers as managers and daughters all the time and this is extremely pressurizing for us as women so i think the number one thing would be really and this is of course that was very important especially um in in especially now but in in, in before the pandemic is um yeah. the pressure that um we were and we're under is enormous so really step back and and it doesn't matter it doesn't put it's not that important to be perfect we'll make a lot of mistakes and it's okay yeah. and it's okay to do so um, yeah. and of course, you know, it's, it's always, um, it's always a matter of juggling, balancing, it's always a, a dif difficult balancing act. Um, and, and of course it depends on, on the job that people do, you know, because 
you know, if you are somebody who has got a flexible job and, and for, for those women, including myself, it's a lot easier. There are jobs where, you know, you women have to be in an office in a particular time at a particular yeah. time of the, the day. And for them, obviously, it's much more complicated. And this is where things like flexible, affordable childcare become so important. Yeah, absolutely. And I just... Um... Going back to your first point of obviously that sort of pressure of um, perfection and you gave really good examples like we're seeing it in advertisements, we're seeing it in movies and films that we watch, we're seeing it, hearing it from the colleagues and the people around us. Um, is there, can you provide some sort of practical advice, I guess, steps that you've maybe taken on how to I guess, actually block that out. Because um, as you've highlighted, it's something that women are, and especially mothers, there's sort of this ongoing pressure. So how do you sort of block that noise out and just, you know, focus on the moment and not always striving to that perfection? Well, part, I think, is life in itself. You know, I think I think there are elements in life, such as this one, the pandemic, that make you realise how everything is 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 imperfect, how vulnerable we all are, and how the priorities do lie elsewhere. You know, sometimes it make you real. It, it, you know, things like this um, in life that really make you realise that that you know we we can't really spend time worrying. So that would be the first thing. And of course, as you navigate through life with things happening, uh, with for example. Um, um, losses then obviously you know you become more resilient and you also start really understanding what do I need to what do I need to worry about and what really doesn't matter but I also think that friendships and mentor mentorships is really really important so I always say to to my colleagues and my friends I always say you've got to identify five women that you absolutely trust and whose opinion really matters and yeah. it's really important to say to look at women who to a certain extent represent the kind of person that you yourself want to be and then you mm-hmm. look at them and then if you have a moment where you really feel oh my goodness you know this is too much this is too much pressure then you can run yeah. something past them and you've got to realize to, to really rely on what they say and it's really important to develop these relationships because mm-hmm. these are the relationships that allow you to get through and I always say I've got four of them really yeah. they are women who I really really trust and the moments where things get really complicated where I have a moment where I feel that you know I don't have as much strength and as I yeah. wish I had then I can. I know that I can give them a call. I know that I can text them. I know that I can. They can, yeah. I not necessarily reinforce what I believe in, but remind me what yeah. I'm trying to, what I'm trying to achieve. And this is really important. So I would say to all women, I always say, really create a network and uh, yeah. identify your mentors and and really make sure that there are people with opinions it could be your partner it could be your is is really important and just yeah. focus on those opinions yeah because otherwise you that's... get overwhelmed you know otherwise you get overwhelmed otherwise Absolutely. it's just even by facebook you get harassed by loads of messages saying how yeah. you can do of your children how you can do this and how you can be perfect and how it can be a fantastic career and how you can be yeah. slim and, and fabulous and looking yeah. and then you're just like no I'm just human you know I can't do all of this and it's fine 
but this is where you know having your really your 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 friends you know your mentors the people that you trust that becomes really really important yeah absolutely and I um I couldn't agree more like personally I'm no longer on Facebook because it just it got too overwhelming um so I had to get off of it but I think then what you've just mentioned about creating a network and having mentors is really really crucial and I think you know it's um I guess what I really picked up from what you were saying is there's this aspect of having a network, which is a bit more than just a support system. So, you know, we have our, you could say immediate family and close friends. Um, but I think one thing that's important that you mentioned at the beginning was sort of having these um, women or mentors or allies, for example, that are similar to you in your values, but also reflect what you want to be or what you wish to be or what you could be for example and that sort of um surrounding yourself obviously with people who can support you but also push you in the way that you know when you are getting stressed out or you have a big project or a certain query like you are you know you've got that sort of professional support system to assist you with that um challenge let's say that's in front of you and I think for those that are for example, in this period where it's we are so thrown out there and so uncertain and we're literally communi- communicating constantly online, um, yeah. I guess just following on from the sort of network and the mentors, for those that are, you know, now trying to build a new network or trying to find the right mentors, um, any advice that you can share or anything? that maybe yourself or your team has sort of encountered to build that now because um it's a lot harder to network through a screen (laughs) oh it is it is and to be honest I was um I was um wondering myself now that I have to meet people for the first time that I never met before but instead of meeting them over a coffee I'm I'm, I'm not meeting them on the screen you know it's, it's it's not an easy it's not easy at all and I think the first thing that we have to, to really say at this particular moment is to recognise and acknowledge how difficult it is. Because yeah. I don't know you, but I find that, that there is this, again, it's all about pressure, isn't it? You know, the pressure that we've got to be overproductive and the pressure that this is a time where we've got to come up with new skills or this is a time where we've got to learn a new hobby or this is a time where we've got to, you know, learn how to dance or, or plant. I, I, I have no idea, but there is so much, you know, that it's, again, social media and TV and car and, and uh, commercials and ads, you know, it's, it's like it, this is a time of, of, no, actually, this is not that kind of time. I mean, at least for me, this is a time of, 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 of anguish. It's a time of suffering because there are people dying and, and yeah. I want want to be able to recognize this time for what it is and also it's a time of fear because I don't know what's going to happen to society I don't know mm-hmm. if this is going to be a watershed moment if we're going to come up stronger or if we're going to come yeah. up come out in a complete disaster so it's yeah. important I think to, to, to for us to say it's okay to feel like this and you know my company is absolutely fantastic because they they give the flexibility. They totally get it. They understand it. And and a lot of my friends are in similar situations. But also, I mean, you can't really think that we're all in the same, in the same situation. I mean, I I look outside in, in my, my, my windows in the morning and I see tons of women getting on buses, going to work in shops or going to work for the NHS. So these women, you know, they don't 
they're not worrying about how do I mentor or how do I network at this time of my life. Yeah. These people are worried about can I go home and hug my children tonight? And yeah. the reason why I'm saying this is because it's really important to to put things into context. So I would say yeah. to women, listen, said, don't put too much pressure on yourself. You know, this is a time where this is a time where really holding on to what's dear to you and keep safe is already a big success and yeah. is a tremendous success. And if there is anything that we can do at this time, is really to say, what can I do once this is over to help society mm. get better than what it is? And yeah. how can I reach out to that woman who is taking the bus to go to an NHS hospital and unlike me, she can't get her baby to sleep in the same bed at night, but she's she has yeah. to protect her baby from the virus she may have picked up during the day working in a hospital. And yeah. how can I reach out to that woman and tell her that her job is important? And you know, I'm mm. saying this because I have I've been, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this 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 things and about how um it's probably taken a pandemic to to understand which jobs are the crucial one, the vital ones. Yeah. And a lot of these jobs are women. They're held by women. A lot of, I mean, the the workforce in the NHS is mostly female and they don't even have the right PPE because the PPE is, the the equipment is is based on on male bodies. Yeah. (laughs) So there is one thing that I would say is, is, is yes, I mean, networking is crucial. All this is important. But I think if there is one thing that we could be doing during this pandemic, especially as women, is to see how can we as women be a little bit more connected? Um, mm. How can we support each other a bit more? And also, how can we become... I mean, I'm, I, I don't have any fear in saying I'm a feminist. Yeah. Um, I'm a proud feminist. Um, and I think every woman should be. But at the same mm-hmm. time, how can feminists be a little bit more intersectional and, yeah. you know, bring together women coming from different backgrounds and, and you know, and, and women coming from different cultures and different jobs and different walks of life? Because sometimes the way that we see things is very much different across um across um backgrounds and and life experiences um you know it's i think it's really important that we think about these things you know and say okay yeah this is a time of of where some people are really getting out there and are really risking their life every day and some of us are more we have to be more do all we can to protect everybody else and the best way to do so is by staying at home so what is the best thing that we can do in this time of lockdown I think is really about thinking about how can I be stronger in supporting others and and in coming out and and making sure that I'm and I'm that I'm helping uh, others and particularly other women to get up the ladder Wow. Um, that's definitely some food for thought. Um, no, I just, I, the whole time you were speaking, I was just like following along, like, yes, what, what can we do? And I think what you've said is, um, you know, it will, 
echo with a lot of our listeners right now. Um, and I think what you've touched upon, um, sort of the sort of taking a step back actually and trying to understand that. I guess you mentioned it in the beginning, like with the, when we were looking at the past with the amount of pressure that there is out there um, and obviously on women and mothers specifically as well. But like now you highlighted there's sort of this different pressure of being really productive, learning a new skill. You mentioned planting. Another one that I've seen a lot is baking banana bread. Um, and yeah. Just as you sort of mentioned, it's this moment to actually figure out what is um, close and dear to you. And I think what, when you mentioned is how can we as women and mothers and so forth be more connected, I think that's a very um, unique question to ask, especially in this time, um, because as you mentioned, a lot of people who are on the front line are women and who are also coming from, um, you know, diverse backgrounds from ethnic minorities to classes, um, class in the UK. Um, and how, you know, an initial thought that came to me is like, obviously, with these frontline workers, they are spending hours at the hospitals and different um, spaces sort of tackling COVID you know, their kids are at home, they can't see them, but then, you know, the kids have to go with schooling and so forth. So, you know, maybe an idea is, um, you know, if you know your neighbours and so forth, you know, providing like um, a math lunch club or something where, you know, the, those who are lucky, I guess, to be staying at home and working at home and not having to fight COVID on the front line, you know, you could maybe take in like, the kids of the neighborhood and, you know, teach them something. And that's, you know, that idea of being more connected and you really highlighted the level of privilege that we have. Um, and yeah. I think in such time, obviously, regardless of what you have and what you don't have, this is a difficult time regardless. But then on top of that, as you said, it's about context. We need to understand that right now recording this podcast with you i am very lucky i you know i can stay in my house i can work from home completely you know i've managed to be able to get the microphone and you know set that up a lot of other people working from home don't have the same as i do and then the other side okay. is a lot of people have been put on furlough so i think that you know when it comes to that sort of privilege and access we have, um, you know, what else can we do to, I guess, become more aware and because self-awareness I think is the first step and then you move into action. Um, so I guess, yeah, any advice on the, how we can become more aware, um, of the privileges and I guess understanding that we are lucky. There are people on the front line that can't see their kids for how forever, how long, like a couple of weeks and so forth. Um, yeah. That, you, you, you are right. I mean, I would add that life, women's life is, is very complex. And um, even, you know, sometimes even the women staying at home, um, it's, it's not, you know, it's, um, for many of them, being at home is, is not the best place to be because it could be a place of danger. If you yeah. think about the enormous rise of, of domestic abuse and how much the police has been called over the last few weeks since yeah. lockdown has started to go and rescue women um, and how now they are thinking of opening spaces where women 
victim of domestic abuse abuse can find refuge at the time of COVID. So a home is not home for many women, sadly. Um, And on top of that, um, a lot of women would probably, as as we, we were talking, would probably think, well, actually, I really can't wait to go back to work because I really can't wait to get some time for myself. Because for some, from a lot of women, you know, um, the majority of the housework, the majority of the childcare, it would be onto them alongside a full-time job. Yeah. So, so I think, I think one thing about this pandemic is that has come to we've realized that this pandemic is built, and this pandemic and the response to it is built on the society that we've created so far. Yeah. So one thing that the pandemic has shown is a really laid out bare the inequalities and the structural structural inequalities affecting women. And some yeah. of them are economic, some of them are race related, some and, and these things are often intertwined, and some of them are cultural and deriving straight from the pressure that society puts on us. So I think one thing that is important is to realise that we are sort of watershed moment. We can either go back to things that there were before, um, if if we if it will ever be possible, but or we can really say, okay, you know, we've in all this tragedy and the atrocious time that we've been in, we we have realised that you know the 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 a response to this crisis is built on society as, as we've created it, as it's been developed. So with all the inequalities that we've we've created them so far, and we want to change that. Yeah. And you know, and, and this is an awareness that we as women need to have. Um because every time that there is a crisis, we're always as women at the sharp end of it. Yeah. Um, whether it's now on the front line of the NHS, whether it's women being at home bearing the brunt of most of the childcare, whether it's is um, is having to really um, reinvent a way to be at home with the kids and 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 all of that. Yeah. So I think it's one big awareness project is to really say how can we articulate as women the need to kickstart after the pandemics in a way which is not business as usual yeah and this take different forms you know it could take the form of 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 changing the relate demanding a different relationship with men um mm-hmm. demanding more accountability and transparency in the way that things are done um it could be really taking a step forward a more egalitarian way of, of seeing things you know but and but i think you say what is the awareness the awareness really is to say okay let's look at what this this pandemic has laid bare for us which is the fact that we that that life for women is very complex and we're so very very much away uh, far from from full equality Absolutely. And I think um, what you mentioned, sort of, we're in this period where we 
we will never get back to normal. Um, there will, you know, we are facing something that is changing sort of the narrative of human history from 2020 um, when they look at the history books. So I think this is obviously the opportunity for us to recreate and rebuild you know, um, structures, processes, interactions, behaviors that are more equal. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you, you as an individual have to tackle the, all the inequalities out there. But as you sort of said, is sort of that awareness and just knowing the immediate effects that you can have with yourself and the people around you. Um, Mm -hmm. and I guess one, um, you know, when we are rebuilding our new normal and, you know, trying to ensure that we learn from the lesson that we are still, I guess, in right now. Um, And obviously with the major uptake of technology as well, you know, everything's gone digital from working from home. And then obviously with um, the kids involved, teaching is now completely virtual. And, you know, that intersection as well between technology and I guess us as humans has really escalated as well. Um, so I guess the question sort of moving now into the future um, before we sort of discuss, I guess, future predictions of motherhood um, and the professional self is, I guess, right now, how how are you managing this relationship with technology um, from yourself obviously being technical director at Deloitte that must involve a lot of technology all the time but then the other side is obviously with your um kids as well um if I remember correctly you've got a teenager and a um five four four year old um so yeah how does technology interact with those different ages and sort of you know your experiences of actually managing that at home which as you've mentioned women who are in full-time jobs usually have to try figure out like how am I gonna do the outputs that I need to do how am I gonna make sure that my kids get what they need as well as as I hate to say it the everything else that is you know pressurized on women from cooking and cleaning and so forth so how are you sort of managing that yourself So the first thing I would say in relation to that, and it may shock you, is that um, until we will have women designing tech, Mm -hmm. then I'm afraid technology will not be a great ally of women. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm saying this because mm, technology is great and I love it the point that I've devoted my life to privacy tech and privacy technologies and all this, but Mm. I love it so much that I really want it to work for everybody. And I'm afraid that we're not at that stage yet. And at the moment, I would argue that all the technological progress, which is marketed as a great support for women, I think in reality is proving the exact opposite so the fact for example that you have all these tools to order stuff and to have home deliveries of food and and you can have smart homes where you can decide they tell you know your fridge can basically let you know if you if it's full if it's empty so you can automatically buy stuff the fact that you have all this technology help you manage the house hasn't really made the life for women 
much easier. Yeah, yeah. I think it increased the pressure on us that with this technology, you have to be even more multitasking, even more efficient, even more tidy, even more perfect. Mm. And this is obviously not a fault of tech. It's a fault of how these things have been, why these yeah. things have been created and by whom they've been created. Yeah. I mean, I've written a whole book about it. It's called An Artificial Revolution. And this is exactly what I talk about. The fact that these pieces of technology, which are not neutral, Ooh. they are so far designed mostly by men and coded by men. Artificial intelligence is an example of this. And the problem yeah. we've got is all these tools that are marketed as fantastic, they are not neutral. Mm. So really, if you ask me, have they really helping? Well, mm. I don't know. I would, until we have loads of women in technology, really defining, designing those tools in a way yeah. which represents the diversity of the population and the end users who will ultimately need them and use them, I don't think these tools would be that helpful. The reason why I'm saying this is because the relationship between women and technology is not an easy one. And it would be, mm. I think, a little bit um, misleading to just say, oh, well, you know, um, the um, we can use tech and tech is great. I think we as women, we've got to be careful to that and really be able to scrutinize these technologies and say, are they helping me? Are they designed with diversity at its core? Or mm. are they just um, a sort of glamorous technological solution that doesn't address the problem that I have as a woman? Yeah, And this is really important because the relationship between women and tech is is never been easy for many different reasons and i think some of them go back to our bodies and and to the fact that you know how complex the, the relationship between our sort of woman uh, being to women with and technology sometimes have, have intersected in a way which is it's a it's more complex and intrusive yeah. so um but what I'm trying to say is that the relationship with tech is one that we really need to think about. And yeah. when it comes to, um, I mean, my day job is all about making tech work for everybody. And it's all about supporting organizations, ensuring that they innovate in the long term and, and in, in their resilient. And I always flag these things up, you know, because if, if, it's important. This is why it's important to get more women in my job, more women in, in artificial intelligence, more women in robotics, because we can make a difference, because we can say to organisations, so look, if you want to win and, and, and be resilient, then you've got to think about everybody. You can't yeah. just take, you know, create a piece of technology that is there for the short term and doesn't address the real concerns of society. And this is because, so we are, this is, we are making the difference, and that's why the Women Leading Artificial Intelligence Network that I founded is all about getting more women into tech. And it's not just the actual design of technology, but it's also mm. more women into 
deciding what technology is for in the first place. So this is why it's really important to get more women into this profession. In terms of technology and children, again, it's a similar issue, isn't it? Because, um, because again, there is such a sort of proliferation of, of tools and fantastic products. The problem is, what are these products for? Yeah. And I think one pressure that we women have, especially when we have daughters, is how to mm. escape from stereotypes that and the pigeonholing that, you know, girls have to suffer yeah. since they go to basically. The, yeah. um, <laughs> the, the, the devices that, that we're using, sometimes, you know, you don't even realise, but there is a cartoon or, or, or a something, and, and the, the messages that come through, sometimes they make me so angry. I'll tell you one, yeah. for example. There was a, the, my daughter, um, because I was working, I, um, she was watching Peppa Pig. And there is a particular episode of Peppa Pig where the mother is working. And so she's saying to Peppa Pig, she's saying, excuse me, I have to work now. And then the computer breaks down. And the yeah. mother, instead of saying, well, I'll fix it or let me see what's wrong. The mother says, I have to call daddy. Oh, no. Oh, come on. I was in a meeting, and I remember looking at the screen, turning back, saying, what the hell is this? How is that possible that my daughter unwillingly is subjected to something like this? So we've got this sort of problem as mothers, say, how do we teach this to our young girls? But also, Mm -hmm. how do we bring that understand this problem, that if they see that sort of inequality when they are in the classroom, are ready to intervene and say that's not right. So we have all these responsibilities that we feel that we have. You know, how do we educate the girls? How do we educate the boys? Um, And at the same time, how do we make the most of technology in a world where technology is not created for us in the first place it's not an easy task (laughs) yeah absolutely and I really um I mean to be honest I wasn't expecting that answer but now that you've said everything I really appreciate that was your answer um because as you've said I think it's it could be quite dangerous just to like sort of gloss over that yay we we're stuck at home technology is great it does all this stuff but you know you've highlighted some core things from it's not built by us but it's not necessarily built for us as well um the idea that sometimes it's looking at a symptom rather than the cause or the sort of true problem and I think as you sort of said we've got to be um kind of wary about it not necessarily closed off but you know when we are engaging with new technologies new products or online services obviously just having that sort of cautiousness you know while interacting with it trying to understand why is it there who is it for um because also now another thing is that we are because we are online so much um we are signing up to so many things you know going back to that point of that sort of pressure of being productive and learning a new skill like we are signing up and engaging with all these different platforms we are putting our data in you know god knows where and who it belongs to um so i think it's yeah just sort of having that understanding of you know 
it's it's there for a reason, but it might not be for you, sort of thing. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's and you know, interestingly, the, these issues about you know where the data is, they're they're so prominent, aren't they? You know, it's it's even yeah. during this pandemic looking at the tracing app everybody's talking about you know what's happening to the data so it's it's and it's good to see that it's um it's a um such a a big opinion and it's gone mainstream yeah absolutely and that um the tracing app we've just got to see what comes from it um hopefully all good things um and hopefully they do have some women and diverse professionals involved um but i guess just um summarizing what we've spoken about and I think you know you've mentioned some really sort of um eye-opening words throughout this um podcast but I guess yeah just to summarize it what what do you hope that you know we would have learned within this period what you know what can we be doing right now to build towards you know a a more inclusive future that is beneficial for all and then when we look back at this time we don't do the classic, you know, oh, we should have done that. We should have done this. We missed this opportunity. Um, yeah. So what what do we want to have seen in our history books for this period? And I guess that in turn is what can we do right now to build a better future? That's quite a loaded question. Apologies. <laughs> no, but it's a really, a really good one, you know, in terms of um, I think, I think, you know, one of the important things is that is the the concept I think of liberty um, mm. that we, perhaps that is really that that I would like to be to be seen in a different way moving forward you know we've been in the house um some of us have been on the front line risking their life day in day out mm. um, this pandemic has shown what are the the those, those vital jobs that keep society going and moving and and what i would like to see is 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 moving forward is the ability as a society to value people for what they are um this is what i mean by liberty you know i don't mean just the liberty of moving around but i mean the fact of of the idea that that you know we move away from um divisions and 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 I think this is what I would like this pandemic to teach us a little bit whether it happens it's a really difficult question and the reason for for this is that because the economic consequences of this pandemic will be huge and mm. you know we've got everything um the concept of work Perhaps there will be a lot of automation and robotics, drones to reduce reliance on humans to avoid situations like this moving forward. So we will have a lot of rethink to do. And and whilst, you know, it's good to be to look at what does the world look like post-COVID, which will be different from now, that being different requires a new direction. And this mm-hmm. is where I would like us to make a contribution to. Um, I mean, the biggest contribution that I think we can make is in in um, looking at the priorities in a very different way. For example, the priority number one, yeah. in my view, is um, environment. You know, just 
um, is is to preserve to, the 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 place we inhabit, both the physical one and I would argue the digital one. Um, and so, if there is something that we can do right now, I think is to to really think about how can I contribute to to this. How can I make mm. a mark and and say, okay, you know, what is my contribution to rethinking the the world, to rethinking the job place? Um, yeah. And as women, how do we together make a stand? Because it's, you know, I'm not sure that, take, for example, the return to work thing and stuff, you know, it's... it's I think that the way that we see it, the way that we see the return to work, the way that we see flexibility, the way that we see working from home, the way is very different from the way that men, for example, will see that. For a lot of women, home is a different thing. For a lot of women, home means doubling the work that they do every day. Yeah. For a lot of women, going to work is the social space that they need. So how do we make sure that in redefining what being together in the world means post-COVID, how do we make sure that we are not, as women, an afterthought? That would be the thinking that I think each one of us needs to do. Um, How do we make sure that we're not an afterthought, that moving forward we get stronger in having a say, and probably that is if we are able to create a little bit of stronger links um, in between with our friends, with our colleagues, to make our voice heard a little bit stronger, um, yeah. then I think we would have taken something away. And, you know, just to close on a positive <laughs> note, you know, there's one thing that this crisis has demonstrated, that the countries that are led by women of any political party, they've done much better. So I think we women, we should just take stock of that and say, well, actually... <laughs> It could be, this could be, this new decade could be mine. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's um, that's a very sort of hopeful end. And yeah, when I um, read that article about all the sort of female um, prime ministers across the world and sort of how they've handled the... COVID-19 and everything and managed the lockdown and quarantine and obviously their numbers haven't surged as crazy as others. Um, yeah, it's a very interesting, I think, you know, just having that understanding that you do have that power and sort of you can um, create change within your circle. And I think um, one thing as well that's um, really good to highlight as well is obviously with technology as we've spoken throughout this podcast um you know now could be the opportunity to really sort of investigate what your life in technology could be like um you know the technology industry is across every industry out there so there's always something for you as our listeners um and as Ivana said you know like we want to, we need to get more women in tech. We need to get more women building, um, coding, finalizing, you know, data. Um, so I would definitely advise, um, to obviously just look out there, see what roles would suit you, see what's possible. Um, and then obviously if you are more interested in the, I guess, AI, 
um, you could say techie, techie stuff, um, definitely check out Ivana's book that is coming out at the end, um, at, sorry, at the beginning of September this year. The title is called uh, An Artificial Revolution on Power, Politics and AI. This is available on Amazon. Um, and yeah, just just get out there. I think if you are interested in tech or have had any sort of spark, um, this is the time, like this is the time we are resetting and rebuilding. So get involved. Um, and yeah, just thank you so much for your time, Ivana. It's been absolutely amazing to chat to you. Um, oh, we've you. Definitely, um, we've gone through the past, present, future, but also spoken about a variety of things. Um, so I really, really appreciate your time and sharing your insight. And obviously, if you do wish to touch base, you can find Ivana on LinkedIn. Um, and hope you have a great day. Thank you, Ivana. Thank you. Thanks.